Now, there's a couple of weird stories and opinions that are about to come out in this episode. So, for the sake of giving you guys time to brace for impact, let me start it off with a fun fact. So, in Japan, three quarters of men, or roughly about 75% of men, give all of their money to their wives and get a monthly allowance. Now, when you kind of hear that, you know, most people would think, oh, you know, the other 25% are single. And no, it's not that they don't have wives, they actually do. But interestingly enough, a lot of people who are commenting on this were actually saying that the other 25% are happy. Of which I'd like to come out and state that that probably might not be the case. Hell, if anything, I actually think that the 25% are the most unhappy husbands out of the entire 100% of husbands that were surveyed for this shit. Because imagine having to stand on your own and take that stance as like one quarter of the entire male population on your wives are like, but your friends are all giving their money to their wives. Why can't you give me your money? And you have to stand there like, no, I kind of have to do that. You do kind of have to ask yourself. Well, not that exactly, but when you kind of think about it, you kind of have to ask yourself, why is it that those guys decide not to give the money to their wives? And I'd actually argue that to some degree, it actually is a pretty good idea. Like, when you look at how some of the generations before us kind of came up, it was actually through that. Uh, 50 Cent had actually spoken about how back in the day when he used to stay with his grandparents, you know, the grandfather used to take all the money from all he's earned that month and give it to the grandmother. And it was actually a pretty smart tactic that reduced quite a lot of the fights between them. Because if she has all the money that I've made for that month, then she can't complain that I can't afford to take her to a certain place that I can't afford to, you know, to get something for her or I'm not doing something for us because she has all the money. So she knows exactly how much I earn and how that money is supposed to be spent. So if she wants to get herself something nice, then she can get herself something nice, which when you kind of think about it, is pretty smart. The only problem is that was probably good for his grandparents. But in today's day and age with the Kenyan babes that we have right now, I don't think that's a particularly good option because when you kind of think about it, like most of these babes will not let us take five G's to go and have a couple of drinks with the boys, but Shorty will go and spend 10 G's on getting herself a weave and having it set on her head and going to the salon for the entire fucking month. Then when you decide to question on that shit, you know, supposing you actually go and you look through, you know, the list of costs and everything, she's going to call that an investment. And you kind of have to ask yourself what the fuck kind of investment that is. Or she'll tell you that there's no money for some shit and then you'll find that she's been impulse buying shoes, dresses that she's been finding on the road and she's been saying that they've been dirt cheap but when you add up most of that shit it ends up coming to about a pretty interesting fraction of the entire amount but i feel like the main reason why we can't do all of this is because babes make money as well and before they touch their money to help the both of us if they ever do they will hesitate and question whether it is we're worth all of that before eventually saying no but all in all, I do love my Kenyan women, just the same way I believe that quite a number of them do love this podcast, and especially this very interesting way that I like to begin it, which is... Welcome to Breaktime on West Side, your number one Breaktime podcast, coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic loves a woman who counts her money, but he does not think that she is worth being counted on 
he is a man who likes his women the same exact way he likes his yogurt. It is none other than your tall, dark, and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. This show is Tweet Street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets, and break them down a little bit. Now, as usual, if you know the drill, then I don't have to repeat it for you, but if you don't know the drill, I am still going to repeat it for you. And if you do know the drill, but you're gonna act like you don't, then well, screw you because you are missing out on a chance to contribute to the making of this episode, which is mostly built up of your opinions. You know, the people out there are the ones that give the opinions and I just critique them. And it's a very simple drill and it goes like this. You see that tweet, you like that tweet, you want us to discuss that tweet, you send that tweet. You send it to the DMs of at Bagaka, the D which happens to be my personal Twitter handle and I will take it from there and I will handle it accordingly. On Facebook and on IG if it happens to be a screenshot or a screen grab, then the place to send it to is the DMs of at Breaktime on Westside on Facebook and at Breaktime on Westside on IG. And if you are using an app that allows for rating and reviews, a nice rating or a review would be highly appreciated. You know, allows me to not lie to people and tell them that I am a chart-topping podcaster. Because the truth is, I am a chart-topping podcaster. I believe it's just the charts that don't like to, you know, respond to me all that well. And you adding that rating, you adding that review, allows the chart to respond a little bit better to me because they respond a little bit better to you, you know? But anyways, all of that said and done, we do have a bunch of tweets to discuss and time is moving. But before I get into that, I know some of y'all thought that I'd be back to full health by now, but unfortunately it's not the case. Most of my voice is back and I guess that's the best part about it, so I can do this episode. And if anything, I think I sound way better than I did during Battle of the Sexes. Or at least that's what I think I sound like from me who's busy recording this in real time. But that said and done, before I get into the tweets, there is something that I want to talk about. And it's very unfortunate that it involves a 14-year-old again. I feel like this week has been a week of 14-year-olds. But granted, this was something that happened about two weeks ago. So I guess this is a case of coincidence in terms of me bringing out stories. But all that said and done. Now, a wealthy Australian woman by the name of Savannah Daisley was recently charged with allegedly raping a 14-year-old boy four times in one day. Now, I want to get into this story, but... Four times. Four times in one day. Bitch, whatever you're looking for in there, if you haven't gotten it in tries one, two, and three, what the fuck tells you that number four is going to be where the charm is at? Like, that's a little bit too much. Now, first of all, this lady is about 45 years old, and she is the daughter of Smart Cleanse founder and famed horse breeder Ross Daisley, who had tried putting up a bond so that she could be released, but unfortunately the judge denied it. Now, Savannah had recently come out to admit that she had been having a drinking problem and she had been trying to celebrate a couple of days of sobriety, so to a certain degree, I think she was kind of trying to make it seem like she was drunk and in the moment and shit happened and she wasn't in her right mind. But I bet no one bought that story because by the time you are choosing to have sex with a nigga four times, you're probably past drunk and you're literally just having fun at that point. Cause by the time you've done round one, you're done. Round two, you're done. You're probably sober at that point. Rounds three and four are literally just for the sake of you wanting to do it. Because as a guy knowing how guy physiology and guy reproductive systems work, after round one, it's going to take a while for this guy to come back up, especially if he's 14, it's probably his first time. So the next three times, it's going to be harder and harder and harder for him to get it up. So I ain't buying any of that shit. Although I do have to admit one thing though. After looking at her pictures and thinking about the entire thing, yo, if this shit was me, I'd have probably gone back there again and again and no one would have ever found the fuck out. 
Like, I kid you the fuck not. This babe is 45 years old and from the pictures that I've been seeing on IG of her, this shorty is fine. Like, she can definitely get it. And here's the thing, like, I'm not saying that she should be excused or anything, you know, whatever the fuck she did was bad, but I'm not gonna lie. If she'd have just gone for someone who's above age, then this shit wouldn't have been considered rape because at least at that point, they have full consent of their private parts. And this shit would have been a hell of a lot easier. Now, it hasn't been disclosed the way she, a 45-year-old woman, met this 14-year-old young man, but I'm not gonna lie. Like... I know it sounds wrong for me to say this and it sounds like very counterintuitive to the idea of sleeping with minors and how I've been against that shit, but here's the thing. At the age of 14, the idea of banging an older woman was actually something that I kind of fantasized, you know. Um, that was around the same time male porn was this shit and, and you know, if you guys remember there was that whole Miss Frida story that I told you all about. Like, there were fine babes that were much older and the fantasy of banging these grown women, not giving a fuck that I was a minor and shit, like that was something that was very prevalent. Like it was something that I had in my head, so given the opportunity I'd probably take it. Like it's not even a very isolated thing, it's not like I'm the only one that feels this way. There's babes that are 14, 15, 16 that will, if given the chance, sleep with much older men. You know guys who are in their 20s and their 30s. Mostly because there was a certain hype about going for someone who was way older. And you're supposedly a bit more mature if you actually go and you can get someone who's a lot older than you and shit. So, to a huge degree, I can kind of understand why a 14-year-old kid would look at the idea of banging a 45-year-old fine woman and be like, you know what, I'd go for that shit. But that said, it doesn't mean that I endorse whatever it is that she did. I'm saying from a fantasy standpoint, it actually does seem like a pretty nice thing, not gonna lie. Especially if mature women in male porn are your thing. But in reality, it's not something that you should do as a kid. And especially if you're a grown person, the idea of shagging a teenager who's not even like 16, 17, 18, like not that those ones are allowed, but when you look at most 14 year olds, it's not like there's that many features of a grown person that have grown on them, you know, save for people like The Rock and shit. But when you look at a 14-year-old guy, it's not like they have the masculine features to make them fuckable by most modern grown women. So the thought that a woman looked at this kid and was like, you know what, I'm gonna fuck you, is pretty sickening when you think about it. And if anything, I feel like just like R. Kelly got 30 years, I think she should get 30 as well. If not 30, then I wouldn't mind a nice 29 or 28, you know, because at least unlike R. Kelly, she didn't actually take a piss on this kid, at least not according to the reports. If she did squirt, then yeah, just make it the full 30. I think that one can also pass as like, sort of like a pissing contest if you think about it that way. But anyways... All that said and done, we should definitely leave it at that. We have a bunch of tweets to discuss, so I will leave it there and I will move it on. So on to our very first tweet of this episode. Women that had or have their father in their life don't say yes daddy while having sex. Well, you know what? I actually disagree with this shit. I have to wholeheartedly disagree with this statement in its entirety. And I'm not disagreeing with it because it's factually false. I'm actually disagreeing with it because I want more babes to call me daddy in bed. Like, yes, I know. 
when I started this podcast, I was busy making fun of this shit and I was saying that I didn't care. But ever since Babe started calling me that shit, I have been enjoying it a fuck ton. And I'd even prefer it a lot more if Babe started saying papi even instead of daddy. Because that shit sounds exotic as fuck. But all that said, I do think that it's mostly incorrect. Just mainly because there's this belief that babes with daddy issues will do blah, blah, blah. And this is one of those things that they expect them to do because oh if you didn't have a daddy in your life then you know you'll call the nigga that makes you feel protected and you know nice and safe you know you call them daddy and some shit and in some ways while that twisted form of thinking might have a bit of context because you know it's something that seemed like it could translate it's not necessarily the case because it's almost like saying that every single one of my niggas that i refer to as a bro i say that because i didn't have enough brothers in my life or i miss having siblings or i wish i had more siblings which isn't really the case i'm perfectly okay with my brother i love him to death and it's not like i'm trying to create more brothers than what it is that i currently have by blood there's a lot of people that you'll just hit up and you'll be like hey bro because it's almost like a term that guys will just use to refer to other guys and fortunately daddy does seem to work pretty well in the bedroom because the reality of it is it does make the guy feel more dominant and it does kind of recognize the guy's dominance almost like a daddy so why not call him daddy you know if you feel like he's doing a stand-up job call him daddy you know we niggas like that shit you know like trust me i kid you the hell not i'm saying this as someone who never used to think of it as a big thing but now currently kind of wants it as much as possible like when you move from you know being called by your name or being called a baby to being called daddy or just daddy oh my goodness like it almost gives you a certain additional oomph like it's like they get to unlock a new energy level for you which allows you to hit it a lot better or you know sometimes it might be a much better way to make you come quick and maybe that's what you're looking for and it's a term that does seem pretty simple and you know it's nothing that's all that much but i kid you the hell not it actually can give a significant amount of benefit to a shorty if she does call her nigga daddy just saying but then again this is a guy that clearly does not want to be called daddy or probably just likes babes who have daddy issues so i will leave him at that and i will move it on so on to our very next tweet of this episode the term if they wanted to they would is so toxic to expect everyone to automatically know what you want without telling them this mindset makes people think if their partners make a single mistake or forget something then suddenly you don't care enough or didn't want to toxic and entitled well much as i hate to say it i actually agree with this guy like to a huge degree, if there's one term that I hate quite a bit, or should I say dislike, it's the whole if they wanted to, they would, or if you wanted to, you would. Like, it sort of ignores the fact that sometimes circumstances and just life itself makes shit incredibly harder than it actually should be for some people. And as a result, they're not able to give as much as they want to, or whatever it is that they'd want to, because they simply do not have the ability to do that at that time like take for example a guy who's probably not making all that much you know he's with his girlfriend or his wife and he really wishes that he'd move them to a house of their own where they'd have you know like open playing field for like when they get kids and shit you know so they're dreaming about something that they really really want but they're trying to make ends meet now this is a guy 
who wants to give his woman you know the best in the name of housing wants to put an amazing roof over her head so that they don't have to worry about rent every single month but guess what he can't do that but now you're saying if he wanted to he would how exactly would you explain that and i guess that's probably a bit more extreme of an option but let me even take something that's a little bit simpler uh spending more time with with your partner and i can say this one because i feel like i've had this issue a lot more than some people would think say you're probably working like two three jobs and you probably have not that much time to spend with people or you have weird working hours and your partner who wants to spend time with you over the weekend is not happy and are constantly complaining that it's like you never have time for them. Now, do you want to have time for your partner? Do you want to spend more time with your partner? Then yes. But the unfortunate bit is it's not entirely within your ability to do that. But normally in such cases, that's why you hear the statement, if you wanted to, you would a hell of a lot more, which isn't entirely as realistic in some cases as it would be in others. Now, there's obviously situations where this statement can be true, where it's like, oh, if he really cared about you and he wanted to take you to some of the best places, then he probably would, can be the case. But sometimes the problem isn't whether he can do it, but whether he should do it. And that's usually something that guys really have to debate with quite a bit because sometimes he knows that he can take you to a certain place but he probably won't have enough cash for like the next week in terms of him, you know, enjoying it with the boys. And he might choose to take you to a much more affordable place and then still have some cash left over to spend it with the boys. Or it might be a case where he knows he can buy you a car and he wants to buy you a car but he knows that if he does cross that line and he starts giving you such a massive thing as a gift, then you might start expecting even more from him, which might not necessarily be the case, but that might be a fear that he runs into so he chooses not to do it. So in a lot of cases, you find that this statement ignores the fact that sometimes there's a lack of ability and sometimes there's a certain mindset or at least there's a certain belief system that prevents us from doing something and a lot of times it's not that we don't want to give it, it's just that we look at the odds and we look at the outcomes that might come from it and we decide against the entire thing. And quite literally, that's just that. The only unfortunate truth is some babes just won't understand that and they'll feel like we clearly just don't want to do shit for them because we clearly look at them and we're like, nope, I would not want to do that for my woman. But all in all, all of that said and done, I will leave it at that and I will move it on. So on to our very final tweet of this episode. Before y'all single lonely peasants think of having kids, just know that nowadays birthday parties for kids involves a planner just like a wedding. Without around 50k plus, you can't afford a simple birthday party. Well, with all due respect for those of y'all that choose to have kids, I need to make this statement because anyone who knows me whenever they usually start complaining about kids knows that I usually make this statement right after. This is why I pull out. This is exactly why I pull out. Now obviously I'm afforded the privilege of making this statement mostly because I am a young single unmarried individual. I have no kids so I do not get to have that kind of burden on me. And to be quite honest, I do not know how some of you guys manage it, although I do have to come out and say. I honestly have a problem with people who actually sort of function like this. 
this whole idea of making a kid's birthday something so overblown that it's rarely even about the kid but it's about you and whatever it is that you want for your events is a little too much for me because i feel like to a huge degree a lot of these kids parties have sort of become an excuse for parents to start flexing like i don't know maybe it's just me i don't know maybe it's just me that thinks this way because i feel like a lot of middle class people a lot of people who seem to have a bit of money here and there it's like they go above and beyond for kids in ways that the kids don't even get to recognize its value like when you're looking at for example i think it was in 2020 when meek mill's kid was turning a year old they got him a property because blah blah generational wealth blah blah like that kid would have been perfectly okay with a couple of legos and you investing some stocks but not necessarily telling the whole world about them but guess what people decided to talk about how they got him his very first property then you look at a lot of the parties that kids are in nowadays like there's so much that's spent on decor that isn't even all that needed and you realize that a budget of 50k going up isn't even all that important like i can literally take a third of this money and use it to turn their birthday party into a masterpiece because between the ages of like 1 and 6, there's probably only about what, maybe 10 people that they're absolutely close to? Like as long as you get yourself a nice big cake for the kids and you make sure that they're well fed, so that's probably catering, I don't think that shit should cross more than 20 grand. And even the catering is a bit of a step up because for the most part you can hire a chef and make sure you just buy the food and they make it a certain way. Then you spend a bit of money on snacks and probably you save up a couple of G's here and there of which you can use to get one or two gifts so that it can show that it that there's one gift from mom and one gift from dad. Simple as that. But you're finding some people's parents are spending northwards of six figures all on a birthday party which is going to be forgotten in like I don't know what, two maybe three years? Like all the birthday parties, like all the cakes that were brought to my school to celebrate some kid in my class's birthday, all the way from my first to like my fifth year, because that was around the time when I went to boarding school. Do you know how many of them that I actually remember? Not that many. Like I remember them in bits of memory, but it's not like I remember whose birthday it specifically was and what exactly we did besides the fact that cake was brought, it was divided, people decided to wear a couple of cone hats on their head and sang happy birthday and had a bit of soda that's it nothing too big to actually think about but there's people that are still investing so much money into a party that doesn't even carry that much value besides the fact that the kid is celebrating growing a year older so you all get to sing happy birthday and the guy gets a couple of gifts like that's just it but some people want to turn it into this entire event and make it so over the top and yet you wonder why it is that people nowadays have become so superficial. Come on, bruh. Although, anyways, I don't have kids, so maybe I'm the one who doesn't understand this shit. So, I want your thoughts on this. The DMs are open on IG, on Facebook, it is at Breaktime on website. On Twitter, it is at BagakaTheD. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. And if you are listening through CastBox, feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below. And I will attend to them accordingly. And I will catch you guys on the next break. <laughs>